So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, you there. Do you like independent wrestling? Do you want to see some of the best independent wrestling from around the world? Then we're here to help. WrestleTalk are proud to launch our newest show, WrestleTalk Showcase, where we highlight some of the best up-and-coming talent on the planet and shine a light on some promotions that don't get enough exposure. That includes some of the promotions we've already partnered with, like WrestleGate Pro, which held the first ever AEW match between Hangman Page and Pac, and Will Ospreay's new promotion, Frontline. The first episode, which features WrestleTalk Scholar winner Callum Newman as well as highlights of a great match between Osprey and Robbie X is available now for free on our YouTube channel. We're really proud of the show and we'd love it if you did too. Support WrestleTalk, support indie wrestling. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Tyler Riley. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? You're in one of those moods today. I'm in one so. of those moods. <laughs> Well, you know, we've been starting the podcast intro and outros too close to the actual time we go on air, mm-hmm. and I think that usually makes us a bit stressed. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's we're not giving our wonderful audience all of the wonderful content that we like to give them. Exactly, like iTunes reviews. Exactly. I haven't had a chance to read an iTunes review for weeks. You have not, but before we get into that, of course, how was your weekend? Well, I was going to say, now we can give them... We've started, we've given ourselves six minutes extra. Yes, so, whew. who knows how many iTunes reviews we'll do. Yeah. Uh, my weekend, what did I do? Oh, geez, it was AEW weekend. Yeah, it wasn't Just completely absorbed by wrestling. <laughs> it was awful. How about yours? I mean, yeah, it was all wrestling all the time. <laughs> I, uh, I spent the Sunday, um, like I got home after the AEW live stream at about eight o'clock, eight, nine-ish, I think. Yeah. And then I, I slept for a little bit and I kind of woke up at midday. And then I dozed for a little bit. And then I got up at one. And then I was just sort of like, just found myself just bumbling around the house. I went down to the, my shop so I could get some food. I just felt like I needed to get out of the house for a bit. But I just felt like I was bumbling through the day. I watched Venom, which is borderline fine. I mean, it is fine. Mm. It's, but that's all it is. Yeah. And 
I transformed my uh, Transformers Ghostbusters crossover figure, which is very cool. What so? You, I mean, how long does that take? Surely that's not a large part it, of your it, day. It really wasn't a large part of my day, but it was something I had set aside for that Sunday as a reward for my uh, AEW live streaming. Goofy movie on Friday. <laughs> Transformers on Sunday. Yes, we should. You're like, living at large. We should stress that on the Friday night, so my wife's been out of town uh, for a week, so I've been on my own. Lock up your daughters. So I decided to spend my bachelor lifestyle getting drunk on my own and watching a goofy movie and having a little cry. You cried at it. I did cry a little bit. Uh, happy tears, though. Yeah. Pure happy tears when they were spoilers for the end of the I movie. not too happy. <laughs> not like me watching Zootropolis happy. Uh, no, no uh, happy tears, like spoilers for a goofy movie, which came out you know, 25 years ago, uh, when they perform with Powerline at the end of the film and, and Goofy and Max get to do the dance together, uh, the perfect catch. It's generally, sort of, I started to well up a little bit. Is it a spoiler if I have seen that film but have forgotten most of it. No, because you I should feel remember. Like now you've spoiled it again. But you should me. have remembered everything that happened in that movie because it is a bit of a masterpiece. It's mighty fine. It yeah. is a mighty fine movie. It's better than Venom. Hey, so awkward segue. Do you know what else is mighty fine? What's that? Me and Luke doing the Wrestle Ramble, but you're like, <laughs> I know, I'm listening to it right now on my headphones. Well, how about you watch it live, you big doofus, and you come to Nottingham on October 5th. Saturday, October 5th, in Nottingham, England. Maybe we can settle the debate. <coughs> Is it the North? Yes. Is it just the Midlands? Should we get a chant going? <laughs> the north, North, North. Where we could just say, like, don't think about it, everyone. Which part of England are we in right now? Yeah. And we'll just do like a see what word is said loudest. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. We're, we're going to be doing a live episode of the Wrestle Ramble. Um, and... I mean, I don't know, do we want to say what we're going to be doing on the show? Well, we, the, the, the truth is, folks, we don't know. We, we've, we've agreed to this. We're very excited for it because, as you probably saw with Wrestle, Take, Wrestle Talk Showcase that went live yesterday on Monday, which is our new series, which is sort of putting a spotlight on independent wrestling. Uh, we're starting off with the UK and uh, these two promotions we partnered with, which are Wrestlegate, which is based in Nottingham and also Frontline, which is just down the road from us here in Stratford, just uh, near London, the promotion Will Ospreay founded. So we're going up to they're, they're like Frontline are doing a show at 2 p.m., then it's us in the middle. Mm-hmm. We're the intermission. Th- yeah, and then it's Wrestlegate. So that's a big old day of wrestling. If you buy tickets for both Frontline and Wrestlegate, you get us for free. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, for example, last Saturday, you might have gone to see Royal Quest at the Copper Box and then watched All Out when you got home and might have thought to yourself, oof, that's a lot of wrestling. Ah, it would have been so much better if there was a live podcast in the middle of it and you would have been like, do you know what, actually? I get more wrestling. I'd like some more now, please. Or just people talking about wrestling. It's a sorbet to that actual in-ring wrestling, uh, that's I would we're, say. We're a podcast sorbet. What it is, we're offering you a sorbet sandwich where the wrestling shows are the bread. Mm. And then there's Tesco us value, in the middle. White, so and you, like you, yeah, yeah. It's like this beautiful bread. And you're like, oh, that is Doorstop. sourdough, potentially. Mm, and you bite into it. And you're like, oh, the bread, the bread's delicious. But then you're like, huh, why is it weirdly cold and wet. sickly sweet and wet in the middle? 
and you, then you spit it out, and you're like, who the hell has given me a sorbet sandwich? What's this wrong with is peanut a butter? Meal. Yeah. And we're that sorbet, folks. <laughs> we are the sorbet. Come and lick us. Come and lick our sorbet in Nottingham on October 5th. Luke is going to remember to put the link in the podcast description. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. Um, and it's yep. the same day that SmackDown goes, well, SmackDown goes live the night before. Mm-hmm. So we will endeavor to, to, review, t- to review, review that the show. first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Yes. On that thing. And who knows? We don't know if we can do this. Maybe we'll, we'll even live stream that Wrestle Ramble to YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. you can enjoy Super Chats on that show as well. Ooh, there'll be no Super Chats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know if we can even get microphones. I don't know how, it, how the production is working. just shouting. <laughs> let alone streaming. Um, so but before we get into people's emails and perhaps get into the show itself, my question to you, Oliver Dave, is, is Bake Off, talk to me. Yeah, so uh, this is actually six days old for me. Seven days, uh, because Seven I watched days. it when it came out. The um, first episode the, of Bake The Off, new series, yep. but you only watched it last night. I certainly did, so yes. it's a lot more fresh in your head. Because I was waiting for my wife to get home from her travels so we could then watch it together and enjoy watching it together. It is very much a sort of couple-based thing. Oh, I totally. would never have watched it as a single man. No, you would be watching a Goofy movie and drinking wine and crying. Or just Straight up pornography. Oh, yeah, Just as yeah. soon as I get home. <laughs> I've uh, seen this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's like me with Ramsey Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, yeah. seen that one. Seen yeah. that one. Um, yeah, I, very good. Um, you know, it's first week sort of thing. So you feel like you're, it's like when you're the new guy in an office and there's 100 people in the office and they're like, here are 50 people you're going to meet today. I don't expect you to remember everyone's names. And that's very much how I felt at the end of the mm. episode. I like, don't really know who any of these people are. Won't really know until about sort of week th- four or five once they've sort of cut some of the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. And I mean, really, my only takeaway was I thought the Dolph Lundgren looking kid probably should have gone. But it feels like the producers probably kept him on because, oh, he's a bit of banter, any. He? He's really pants at this. He could potentially have his own Friday night talk show on Channel 4 because they're just giving it to anyone at the moment. Yeah. Judge Rinder had one last Friday. I don't even know who that is. Judge Rinder? No. He's like a... He's, he's... I, know, I know Judge Reinhold, who was in Beverly Hills Cop no, and no. Gremlins. This is like an, an ITV reality show guy you know like judge judy mm-hmm. the last five or so years this judge rinder thing has happened on itv daytime telly judge judy and executioner yeah where he sort of decides people's fate i don't think it has any proper legal ramifications because mm. i think that's it's well it's illegal to film inside a, a courtroom yeah i think that's probably in, breaking in, some sort on of these shores yeah but yeah I'm, I'm always quite conscious that half our listeners are American. Yeah. And I don't think they have a, a bake-off. No, but I believe that they are very much obsessed with the idea of it because it's a very quintessentially British mm. thing. And they see that show. Like, they haven't done an American version of bake-off because it's not, I mean, they would just make cheeseburgers, I guess. Whereas over here, it's in like a... Fish and chips. Yeah, they would do, they're like, oh, gingham cloths. You know, that's a very British-style thing. It's filmed in a tent. You know, when it's you very s- British. When you say they about America... Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I, I think our, our American audience friends, mm-hmm. maybe there isn't a big crossover there. 
of what Bake Off viewers. Of Bake Off viewers in America. Strong disagree. Do you I, reckon? I, I think that America, I would say 99% of Americans are into Bake Off. Okay. Well, that's podpole. <laughs> this is a podpole if I've ever heard one. If you're American and you even have the slight, you don't even have to be into it. You just have to be vaguely aware that Great British Bake Off is a thing and that you kind of know what the format is. Mm. You kind of just heard it. You, you just need to like sort of know a few things. You need to be able to answer, confidently answer three general questions about the show. Uh-huh. What would those three questions be? And just like, I, I don't know, but you have to be able to feel like you could answer, you know, like who's the hosts? Yeah. What do they make? <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, what channel is it on? Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's a good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really basic questions. Yeah, you can't use Google. Yeah, you can't use Google. So, yeah, I think I'm going to say, you said 99.9%. I mean, I think that's a rough guesstimate, yeah. I'm going to bring it down to 95. 4%. <laughs> wow, okay. Very opposite ends of the spectrum here. That, well, they've got all the wrestling to watch. They've got MLW. Yep. They've got I also Impact. forget how big of a country it is. Yeah. With with quite the big population. There's yeah. quite a lot of people in America. Or that some people not everyone's into what you're into. That's also true, yeah. <laughs> if that's what like, you're like into. Like when you recommended me and my girlfriend watch Turbo Kid. Hey, hang on. I recommended <laughs> you watch Turbo Kid. I didn't know you were gonna be watching it with your lady partner as well. Also, that film's rad. Quite literally, that film is rad. It's about rad things. Yeah, rad Rad is a good word to describe it. Yeah, perfect. Well, um, we'll get into the show itself. And we are talking about a <gasps> shocking, shock, shock, shock heel turn on Raw. Here's the show. Raw last night had a big hot angle at the end of the show and I'm happy this happened because I do feel like the women's division has been underserved oh, yeah. uh, over the last month I'd say since Paul Heyman got the book but we did have that big Sasha Banks heel turn angle when she came back and now we've got this another heel turn angle so it is the women's champions showcase in the main event segment of the show it was Becky and Bailey course the women and the, the women smackdown and raw champions taking on alexa bliss and nikki cross the tag team champions just in case you've forgotten who were the tag champs and they have a bit of a match doesn't go very long sasha banks walks out she jumps Be- uh, becky after the hot tag they dq bailey gets in to stop sasha hitting becky with the heel the, the heel the chair heel chair the heel <laughs> chair and she takes it off of her she says no sasha don't you dare hit Becky anymore. But then she smiles. She smiles and she starts to wallop Becky herself. Uh. And I went, <gasps> and I genuinely was shocked and surprised. Mm. I know that it's sort of like, and then you, one of the things I really liked about this heel turn is that you then think about all the things that happened earlier in the night and you're like, oh, it was all foreshadowing. That's really, really nice. That's actually good writing. I'm very, very, I'm pleased about this. I like it even more now. I'm thinking about this as a whole picture. All of it makes sense. And crucially, I thought to myself, I can't wait to see SmackDown. Cannot wait to see SmackDown tonight. How is this going to play into the Charlotte feud? What are we going to do with Charlotte now? What's, what is the future of this storyline? Is she going to put on the makeup and be Sting? We don't know. What is going to happen to the tube men? Is she going to be 
are we going to get a whole new presentation of Bailey? Which I really hope they do. What I don't want this to be is just like Bailey comes out to the same music with the same ring gear, but now she's a bit meaner. Leather jacket, yeah. I think. What I want, Beard. I want, <laughs> I want the Helio Shirai heel turn. Io Shirai's heel turn was amazing because she doesn't look or feel or sound like the previous version of Io Shirai, and that makes it feel like a whole new character. Yeah, she can't really come out with her normal entrance music. It's so happy They're and energetic. Unless she leans into that. Like, like when Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn turned heel, I thought, well, you've got to get rid of your entrance music. It's impossible not to sing along to. But he's made it an obnoxious <laughs> entrance theme just by the way he, he dances on the way down to the ring. So I'm glad you liked it. <gasps> oh, no, you're not a fan. And in isolation, I did like it too. Okay. You know? Negative nearly over here. It's a thing. This it's a thing that happened. Bias. It shocked me uh, in, in a way like, huh, I didn't expect that. Does that make it good writing? That I didn't expect something. Mm, I would say point. that there has to be a sort of backup to that. Uh, I know that a lot of people have pointed towards Bailey's feud with Alexa Bliss over recent months, where Alexa's saying, "Hey, you're just you're not real friends with Nikki Cross. You're just trying to get her over me." So Alexa Alexa has been saying this for ages about Bailey. So hopefully Bliss can now come out and say, "Well, I was right." Um, and then be a confusing baby face or heel <laughs> that night. And you did have the promos on the night in this show where, Ch like, I can't remember who it was. Uh, they Was it Charlie? So me and Charlie did an interview with Bailey, and then later, not Renee, who tried to interview Sasha, where Sasha just screamed at her and she ran into a wall, mm. which is quite hilarious. Really. That was good. Well, Charlie Caruso said, Hey, Bailey, how do you feel about not being as good as Becky Lynch? That was pretty much verbatim her question. Yep. She's so mean. And she also said, <clears throat> Sasha had some comments earlier, and Bailey said, I don't really want to talk about Sasha. And her next question was, but about Sasha, right? Yeah. And, and Bailey said, but I don't want to be overshadowed by Becky. I won't be overshadowed. So, so those seeds were there on this, this episode. Uh, yep, I agree. So um, what, why I'm not more into this, we'll see how the execution is down the line. Hopefully it's good. And the crowd was certainly into it. They were going crazy with the yes chance. Exactly what you want for a heel, heel turn oh, on like a baby when, face you're very invested in. When Sasha turned heel and we were chanting, thank you, Sasha. Yeah, but that was on Natty, who had been a heel really for the last three weeks. And it was a boring promo. <laughs> and Sasha had just returned. This, this was more, you know, we're meant to be into Becky. I think there's a way to book this, mm. get Bailey and Becky's friendship over. Well, when Bailey does turn on Becky, everyone's like, no, which is really what the heel turn reaction wants. But you, the, to be honest, WWE isn't good enough at the moment. So they haven't made that story. So people just like it when things happen. Mm. That's what this pop was. It's like, oh, a thing happened. Yeah. Which is different. And do you know so, what? And, yeah. and, and I will say I was sports entertained by the, the heel turn. And perhaps now with the, I think that I could probably look back on this with a more critical eye and be like, yeah, I could look at them. But, you know, I would have preferred it to be a long term storyline. But in the moment, I liked it. And I think I also I really enjoyed this show from start to yes, end. It was I, fun. I really, really enjoyed the show from start to end. That's. When the heel turn happened, I was like, that's just made it an even better show mm. because the big thing happens. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I am on board with the heel turn because really, what, what has Bailey done? She's won the SmackDown Championship. She has floundered. She, and, you know, I don't know if that's her, if it's the riding, if it's the pushing. Even if they really got behind her, 
I think she's past it. Like in terms of a baby face character, she's been booked into the ground. Yeah, they for dropped the ball with three her. years. Yeah. They dropped the ball. So it's it's just a when she turned heel after the initial huh a thing happened pop from me. I just got this kind of sadness of uh you had to turn her heel because you've booked her into the ground and she was the hottest thing in the company five years ago and all this nonsense you spout about women's revolution and you had something there that genuinely inspired little girls and you squandered it yeah so that's that was that was the sort of morose thought path i went down and you know what i don't think you're wrong on Mm. that however i did enjoy the turn and yes. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I'm not going to take the attitude, which I've seen a lot of people uh, on Twitter um, say, well, they're just going to ruin it anyway, so why are you getting excited? So I'm not going to take that attitude, which, you know, is, I think, one certain way to look at it. But it's not the way I want to look at it. I am genuinely curious to see what we're going to do on SmackDown. I have a fear that they're not really going to do much. In fact, actually, when I was coming to work, I had a real fear that they were just going to pretend it didn't happen. Kind of like, you remember when Roman Reigns kept effectively turning heel during his Braun Strowman feud? Yes. But then next week they were like, nah, not really though. I was like, I really hope they don't, they're going to present it as like, I didn't turn heel. I just didn't want to be overshadowed by Becky. Yeah. I'm still a babyface though. I'm still hugging Bailey. And you'd be like, well, what the hell was that all about then? I'm a badass tweener. Or like when Charlotte turned heel. Yeah. And she, on, on Ronda Rousey. She said, no, just uh, defending SmackDown. I bleed blue. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, the, interestingly... Brian Alvarez called Bailey's heel turn from the interview earlier in the night. He said she's wearing too much makeup. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, she had like the proper yeah. eye makeup on and done like little points. Yeah. So, yeah, I look, I, I, it was a moment. This to me was an explosion. It was a cool looking explosion, but it was just an explosion in a field. It doesn't connect to anything else for me. I can't see how that explosion ties in with other things. And now you've got a very heel-heavy women's division. And your SmackDown women's title match is Charlotte versus Bayley. I'm worried that means they're going to turn Charlotte face. That is what I don't want to happen. Because face Charlotte Flair seems like a terrible idea Mm -hmm. at at this point of, uh, of, of time. But... I am curious to see how they are going to play out. And actually, Randy earlier started saying that it's like, all Charlotte's going to come out and be like, you know, in a brilliantly wooden man. I was like, I am the queen and I don't like Bailey and I don't like Becky as much as the next person. But Bailey went too far and just cut one of those promos and effectively turned babyface because, oh, she went too far. And now I'm going to have to teach her a lesson at Clash of Champions. Because I'll be honest, couldn't give an F about that feud. Mm. Couldn't give an F about that feud two weeks ago. Still don't give an F about that feud now. I just want to see what Bailey's going to do as a heel. Do you know what I do give an F about? Babyface Bailey versus heel Sasha. <laughs> and I've wanted that forever. I've wanted that since... NXT Brooklyn, <laughs> August 2015. And they both got called up, and but well, Bailey wasn't there. And then Sasha was a baby face forever. And then they became a tag team. And they teased the Sasha heel turn for months upon months. And it never they happened. Kept, they, they did it like three or four times. But those were just band- which, scuffles which between friends. Which is what friends. I'm worried about this one. That's, I was worried until I saw the uh, the what happened after Raw clip. And I was like, no, no, she's definitely a heel. And then they were baby face tag team champions. And then Sasha left and Bailey won the title. And now we finally had... The Sasha 
heel Bailey babyface dynamic. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this is you know this is the way to save those two. Really, that's the the substance feud that you can really sink your teeth into. And they've turned Bailey heel too. Well, someone also pointed out on Twitter. I apologise uh, for forgetting who it was that sent this to me. Um, that three quarters of the horsewomen are now heels, and so come January, you can also turn Becky as well, because then you have Ronda Rousey come back, and you can do that four on four horsewomen match and have the uh, UFC horsewomen or the MMA horsewomen mm. as the baby faces because they're the real stars. And that's the that. And when someone said that, I was like, that is the sort of thing WWE would do, where they would look at those four and be like. Oh, they're definitely the baby faces, though, aren't they? Because they've been famous elsewhere, and uh, the, and the crowd will definitely cheer them. I'll uh, I'll I'll take that. I'll, I'll mix it around a bit. They're the WWE four horsewomen. Uh, three of them are heels now. Becky is baby face. They brawl, 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 brawl. And then when the MMA four horsewomen come in, they realise they have to band together and they become the baby faces. I much prefer that. Yes. Yeah. I th- especially like they've got so- they push Becky so much. I don't think Vince would turn her this quickly. Oh god. Um, <laughs> but yes. So uh, and sorry. In short, just to wrap up, I me mean, Bailey needs to needed to turn heel. She needed something. She turned heel. I'm just sad about her having to because they they botched her. Also, we have some very exciting news. We are going to be doing a live Wrestle Ramble on October the 5th. Saturday, October 5th. If you watched our Wrestle Talk Showcase series that premiered yesterday, where we're putting the focus and the spotlight on wrestling promotions and independent wrestlers around the UK, uh, we partnered with WrestleGate and Frontline so far. Well, Osprey founded Frontline, and uh, WrestleGate was where the pack hangman page. The very first AEW match happened there. Match happened earlier this year. We are going to be at the next WrestleGate show in Nottingham on Saturday, the 5th of October. And you're going to have a frontline show at 2 p.m. Then there's going to be us at 4.30. For an hour. And then there's going to be the WrestleGate show at 5.30. As Ollie Davis explained it in the podcast, we are the sorbet sandwich. Yes, between those two lovely bits of wrestling promotion bread. Mm-hmm. Both great shows, promotions. It's going to have Callum Newman on there, our boy. Robbie X is going to be yes, there, who Robbie. was showcased yesterday. It's really, really exciting stuff. Uh, and yeah, we're looking forward to getting there. If you just want to come and see us, which really, you, sh- you should at least watch one of the other shows. Uh, it's £12 a ticket. Link in the video description is below. Or if you get tickets to both Frontline and WrestleGate, you get to see us for free. And we'll also be watching the shows in the audience so you can come over and say hi whenever. It's only, what, £50 for a photo? Yeah, it's, uh, r- roughly, yeah. Do you know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Being intimidated by Rampage Brown. He's a scary man. Scary, scary man. He's also on the shows. Now, let's thank the Pledgehammers, who have donated $25 a month or more to WrestleTalk's Patreon. You are the lifeblood of this channel. Paul E. Dangerously Jarman. Yes. Oh, I should let you do the next one. Oh, oh uh, yeah, because it's the um, it's the it's the hobby 
hobby guy. Flake. Bin man. <laughs> it's the craftsman Blake Carpenter. Woo! Yes. Yeah. The hundred dollar man CD Horvair. Well, yeah. I'm glad I get to do this one. El siguiente top model de Gran Bretaña. Phil Stockford. Yes, yes Phil. Phil. The Kessel Run DX Solo. Nice. Solo. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Dan! Yes. We'll see you next week. He's coming to visit. That's right. The Rocket Dan Van Sky. Nice. Yes. He's no jackass, Dano. The Beast, Brock Taylor. Yes, yes. Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Astounding Abdullah Alenzi. He's astounding. He is astounding. Adam and the Anthony Bergeron. Yeah, Prince Charming. And finally, Andy Datsun's number one fan, Tomo. Tomo. Thank you all so much. There's been an awful lot of Bailey Sting. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I, I was gonna preface at the start expected. of this episode is that we the, the Bailey. In fact, our Discord was very upset with this heel turn because they was like, oh well, we're just gonna get m- m- millions of Bailey Sting comments. So we'll try and group them together. So, to kick things off, GoSoup12 says, So, Bailey's thing confirmed for next week. There we go, there's the but first Sting one. Sting wasn't a heel. No, he was still a baby face. He was a baby face, just hung up emo style in the rafters. Yeah. Uh, Tim Arndt said, Since Bailey turned heel, her match with Charlotte is going to be a heel versus heel match, or are they going to turn Charlotte face again? God, I've yeah, we Charlotte be worried face. about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Charlotte is a dreadful, dreadful baby face. An unlikable presence. Uh, Dina Cisse said, uh, could we see an uneasy alliance between Becky and Charlotte or will the rest of the horsewomen gang up on Becky? Uh, also, please join our Discord server. We're nice, I promise. Hashtag cheap plug. That's the WrestleTalk Discord server, by the way. All the hmm. Discorders. Yeah, yeah. Go and New World Discorders. I, um, I don't want to see an, easier, an uneasy alliance between them and Charlotte either. I don't want Charlotte to be involved with it, really. Mm. Yeah, but she will be. Yeah. She gets everywhere. Uh, more comments about the Clash of Champions match. Jad Whitey seventy five said Charlotte face turn or will she and Bailey have new opponents at Clash of Champions? Uh, Liv Morgan maybe or heel versus heel. Bailey and Sasha tag champs. Well, I did think that maybe they could win the belts back, but who cares about those belts? So yeah. It really doesn't matter. Um, the Sasha, the Charlotte thing, rather, I think we're going to still get Bailey Charlotte because it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Maybe this heel turn ah. is because we can then do a Charlotte babyface turn and she can get the hometown babyface pop. I didn't think of that. That's a good point. Uh, continuing with the Bailey theme, we've got Vernon Jeffries to say, I'm now excited to see if heel Bailey gets a new theme and attire. No doubt the biggest pop of the night. Well, like a sort of code orange, <laughs> the fiends Bray Wyatt theme. There ain't no stopping us now. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, I, I want a whole new presentation for her, but I will say, I don't think there will be, because this is clearly a last-minute decision. And if it was a long-term plan, they would have been, had time to create new attire and new entrance music and a new entrance for her. But because I'd imagine this decision was probably made two hours before the show happened, that there's not enough time to do that. Uh, kind of agreeing with everything you just said and what Ollie said earlier, KJ said, Bailey's heel turn felt like it was done for a cheap pop rather than long-term booking. Bailey didn't need a heel turn. She needed better booking. Yeah, but she'd she gone past the point of better booking. Like, uh, I, 
It's been three years of running her into the ground, and she needed something, and they they're trying out a heel turn. Hopefully, she's she's a good heel. I don't. She's never been one, has she? Not in uh, WWE, at least. No. Yeah. So she she might be a bad heel. Uh, she's not like the best promo, to be honest. She's great in ring wrestler. So we'll see. Uh, Jonathan Headman, Headmaster, said, uh, Hello, I hope you're all well. Raw was fun. I put big time for the Funhouse segment, and like I said a few weeks ago, Bailey finally made the heel turn. I think the long goal is to reunite them against the other horsewomen. Yeah, we already talked about that. Yeah. That's that's how I would do it, certainly. Yeah. And uh, last one until we get into the rest of the show. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin says, uh, For those who hated Bailey, go hug yourselves, mother hugger. Uh, <laughs> WWE, please don't mess us up again. Oh, that should be a name. The Mother Hugger. Mother Hugger's pretty I've good. I've also heard Thugger. Yeah, I was going to say someone uh, Someone sent me one that was really good. I can't remember what it was, though. I was trying to find it. It was like um, of a new thing, like Hug Life. Hug but, Life's Which good. I think is what she used to do previously. Mm. But now you can do it as a bad thing. Uh, right, so... The episode of Raw came from Baltimore. Great crowd. I yeah, saw. great crowd all night, yeah. Much better than, was it New Orleans they're in last week? Uh, and we started off with a contract signing for the WWE Universal Championship between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. It was so staged, it was so hokey, and I just had a weekend of AW in New Japan. This jarred <laughs> with, with me. To be honest, when the show started, I was like, ah. Oh back again yeah it didn't, it didn't jar with me it almost felt like it, it was just okay just gonna move myself over to here instead very different product over here i'm just back into the sports entertainment world to be honest the jarring thing for me was Corey graves and renee young doing commentary i was like where the hell is michael cole are we getting graves and renee yeah. all night long because i don't like cole but the idea of being Graves and Renee all night long seemed worse. Well, he was moderating. Well, that's and it. And then he was in the ring and I was like, did. ah, there he is. See, the thing that got to me more, because like as soon as the OC came out, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm back in now. Like, here's some people I like and I'm invest- invested in. When it starts off with Seth and Braun doing the worst verbiage, like the script was just so clunky. And th- I'm not invested in this storyline either. I think all, all the good stuff they could have had it's just not working. I kind of like it. Nah. But the the thing that got me was the, the camera, the, the production, the visual production, where they were crash zooming and the camera was whipping around. And I thought, God, I didn't even notice that that wasn't there on AEW. But my God, seeing it here after the the more sports-based, non-crash zoomy style of AEW, it oh, really jarred with me as well. Yep, I do not like Kevin Dunn's yeah. style. Uh, yeah, so Seth and Braun were going to sign, and then the OC came out, one of the best things in WWE right we now. We'll give a shout-out to the great bit of verbiage, as you were alluding to earlier, from Seth, where he was like, I was the Beast Slayer, and at Clash of Champions, I'm going to be the Monster Slayer. He's your tag partner, mate. <laughs> what a... What a lame person. <laughs> he is a lame, lame person. A lame character, we should say. That that, that particular one doesn't reflect on Seth's real-life yeah. bank balance. I mean character. <laughs> uh, and the, so the OC came out, and AJ actually cuts a very good promo, oh, I thought. AJ was great. Just telling Michael Cole to shut up. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And he had some good motivation, too. He said, look, Luke and Carl here, they didn't get their title shot. 
So if we don't get what we want, no one does. And he walked into the ring and he ripped the contract up in front of him. And Braun was just like, no, mate. And threw a table at his face. <laughs> I thought that was, a, that was a really fun bit. Well, AJ had a very good point as well when he said, I haven't got a challenger for Clash of Champions. Which I'm, I'm guessing is going to be Cedric now, um, based on the angle that would happen oh, later yeah, on in yeah. the show. Um, but it does, like, it does say a lot about this company in a sort of a kayfabe world where every title is being defended in two weeks and AJ has not got a title shot yet. Um, so then th- this led to a tag match of mm. the Good Brothers versus Seth and Braun. And the Ka- Galanderson worked over Seth for the majority, got the hot tag to Braun. Seth then tagged himself back in, got a fluky roll up for the win. Yeah. And then the Styles jumped in and started to beat down Rollins. Uh, Rollins cleared house again. Braun lays everyone out, including Seth, when he was doing his sort of running around the, the ring gimmick. Um, and then Rude and Ziggler run down They because they're the number one contenders. They attack Braun. The heels all beat hit them up, and they do, like, assisted magic killer um, and then lift up uh, Seth so we can do the phenomenal forearm. Or was mm. it Braun? Either one of them. I just... Three people's enough. To beat up Braun Strowman. It took five men to hit the magic killer. I know, I know. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And they're all very small, with the exception of Luke Gallows. Yeah. Whenever I see just groups of five men beating up Braun Strowman, it takes me back to those... That awful booking they did with like Sheamus and Cesaro. Here's Kane as well. Yeah. Uh, Who else can we chuck (laughs) in there to face face Braun? So, yeah, but I I do get it that they're they're trying to get a, a bit of heat and momentum yeah. before their tag title match totally uh, then stone cold steve austin got a tweet on screen just barry and michael cole yeah so the michael cole hell of an announcer kid terrible moderator um and then that would announce that later on in the show they would announce the uh, undertaker is going to be at madison square garden to moderate the contract signing so you know wait to because just said undertaker Sorry, Undertaker's at SmackDown, isn't yes. he? Sorry, Austin's going to be on Raw. Well, and this was going to be my larger point, mm. was, so the, the report is, the reason why Austin and Taker have been booked for these shows is because they haven't sold out the shows. Raw's not done great, and SmackDown's done worse. So the idea is, we're going to put Austin and Undertaker on those shows and try and artificially boost the ticket sales. My argument would be, why not advertise The Fiend is going to be there? Advertise the fiend will have a match. Yeah, his first time in Madison Square Garden, and maybe a new current day star would actually sell the tickets. Whoa. Well, and um, I mean, the the reason I the PW Insider reported about Taker was that he's actually being brought in for a storyline reason, not just to sell tickets. Steve Austin is just to sell tickets. Mm. So maybe I mean the speculation is that there could be some fiend interaction there. But yeah, I take your point. That's, but it's, it's I think int- The Fiend would be enough yeah. to sell more tickets. Because it's interesting, like the advert that they released for SmackDown going to Fox, I thought was a terrible, terrible advert. Because it was n- the focus wasn't on mm. the current crop of stars. The focus was on Austin, Undertaker, Triple H. It's all the old stars who aren't there. And it was, just, and so all the new stars felt really underserved in the trailers. Like, well, why, do I, why should I care about them? These guys are the ones I'm apparently supposed to care about. Yeah. Uh, after that... OC beatdown. We cut backstage and Cedric Alexander is talking to Charlie Caruso. Charlie Caruso's like, you're never going to win me. You're not going to win me. You've got an arm injury. You got well rubbish. Didn't you have a leg injury last week? Uh, Was it leg? Yeah, he he has a leg injury last Ah, week. That's weird. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't play up into... I just assumed it was an arm injury. No, he got the arm injury from the OC's beatdown. He was actually fine until the OC beat uh, beat him down. They should have just targeted the leg again. 
Oh, well. Well, that's what happened. The OC just ran in here because their heels and they were still high of beating Seth and Braun. So, like, let's beat up that guy, too. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, maybe that builds into a United States title match. And that's a hell of a, a matchup. Yeah, totally. Cedric's out of the King of the Rings. Spoilers for later in the show. So he's, uh, he's got, you know, he needs something to do. So AJ needs a challenger. Speaking of something to do, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler need some victories to get them over as a tag team and that they're an established act. So they beat Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins here yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah. I nothing else to say about it. Then, for the second time in seven days... I really enjoyed the Lacey Evans match. Yeah, yeah, totally. Really enjoyed it. Weirdly, though, so Lacey Evans is making her entrance down to the ring, and then Natalia's music hits when she's halfway down, and Natalia just bundles into her. Yeah, there was a really awkward moment where I think Lacey was meant to have turned around earlier, because Natty sort of went to jump, and then realized, oh, she hasn't yes. turned around yet, so I'm going to take a quick step back and then do it again. It was a bit awkward, and I was like... Why'd you do that, you dick? Yeah. Like, why did you interrupt her entrance? For no reason. Well, I think in WWE's heads, they think, wow, Lacey's entrance and that walk gets so much heel <laughs> heat. So when Natalia interrupts it, the crowd are going to go crazy. What a baby face. But it didn't work. No. Uh, because no one is into that. She hasn't been seen for six weeks. And all that catwalk stuff was done at the start of the year. And it didn't get over then either. It didn't get over then. No, you're right. Uh, but what was weirder to me that I couldn't stop paying attention to was how happy Natalia was. Hmm. I felt like she was always smiling. She was really, really intense. Like she was really taking it to Lacey. And I, I thought it, it worked really well from an in-ring style. But her facials were just very happy. And she hmm. kept on like stopping, smiling, pointing up to the sky. I thought, where's... <laughs> You had a little bit of tape on your elbow to sell the this oh, yeah, I like about the Sasha beatdown last week. But you know, it just felt like she'd been character reset. There was no consistency with what's been happening to her for the last two weeks. Yeah, I guess you could say Sasha's unlocked a more intense side to her, but I didn't. It didn't gel for me. Do you know, what? I think I was just enjoying <clears throat> the match so much I didn't focus on that. But you're abs you are absolutely right on that. I thought the weirder thing about this match was that the finish was. Natalie started unloading on Lacey Evans in the ropes, so the referee had to pull her off. Quite rightly so, them's the rules. And Lacey took advantage of that, took advantage of Natalie being a doofus, hit the women's right and pinned her. And then you got Michael Cole and Renee Young going like, she can't believe she won in that fashion. What a despicable person. I'm like, she played by the rules. Why is, why is she, why are you, why are you bad mouthing her? Because there was the handkerchief. But that's not she the... threw the handkerchief at Natalia. <laughs> Nat oh, I'm being serious. That's no, what they were talking about. The the Natalia obscured the, the handkerchief obscured Natalia's vision. Boom! Women's right. It's technically she's, a foreign I, entry. I didn't, I didn't see her throw the thing. I, uh, just, saw, yeah, I yeah. just saw her go nuts on the referee, or not go nuts on the referee. Go nuts. The referee pull her away, and then she just hit the move and won. Lacey was dab dab dabbing her her head with the handkerchief. That's when Natalia that. started. So I thought bupping. she did that earlier. No, no, that was the finish. Oh right, oh, exactly. So, I mean, like, so I thought she was dabbing herself. That led to the bit on the ropes, mm -hmm. and then she used that momentary distraction to hit the woman's right and win. No, the the handkerchief was effectively green mist. Uh, okay, yeah. blinded in which, Natalia. In which, in which case, I take back my criticism then. Um, but yeah, I thought Lacey looked really good here. A lot of that, I presume, is Natalia, but maybe she's also getting better. And it just shows, like, that match with Bailey last week, this match here, 
this was how she should have debuted. Like these long matches, because this went 10 minutes, last week was 15. These long matches, she's like, she lost the one against Bailey. I thought she's, she feels like more of a credible threat than everything in the Becky Lynch feud and preceding it. But they thought, no, the way to get her over is four months of her walking out on the entrance ramp and then turning back around. You say that's what they thought. They just didn't have anything else to do. They couldn't think of anything else to do. So it it wasn't like it was a thought. It was a, well, I guess we've got to do something. I think it was, this is actually the intended direction. Just like after a while, they were like, Emmalina coming soon. Mm. It's going to get her heat. Uh, then we on got the, Becky Lynch. Sorry, oh. on the oh, well, I mean, we can have this with uh, the Becky segment as well. You kind of pointed out in the podcast intro and outro for this show that we and and the, and the top of this show that we've got a very heel-heavy women's division now. So, who are the female baby faces? So, obviously, Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Alexa, Asker, and, and Kyrie Sane will be. The three, I would say, they are baby faces. Ember Moon, Ember Moon four. Um, a lot of people are high on Liv Morgan coming back is she as a baby, baby face. face maybe. But She's we certainly don't know that departed yet. as a baby face. Yeah. Okay, so we could say maybe five then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And then everyone else is a heel. Mm-hmm. Apart from, you know, Alexa Bliss, depending on the segment. Uh, but yeah, Becky Lynch came out. She's going to be on Stone Cold Show. Did you see the clip of her giving Austin the stunner? No, I haven't seen it. Oh my God, the gif of her giving Austin the stunner is Amazing. Yeah. In fact, I'm actually going to find it. While you recap this, Did she I'll, put I'll some it. what's stank on oh, it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going. To, I'm going to find okay, it so okay. you can watch it. Uh, so Becky comes down, cuts an in-ring promo about how when Sasha and Charlotte were called up, they were given all these opportunities by management, but Becky wasn't really given anything. And now she's showed Flair uh, what it's all about, and now she's going to show Sasha. Then Banks came out, and after her quite lame wooden promo with bad content the week before she was really good here she felt a lot more sort of like her nxt boss character let's watch this stunner so there's becky with a beer can she's looking at stone cold and she hits an awesome stunner and stone cold sprays beer everywhere that's what happened when the man comes around look look how he sells it that's, that's a great sell. Yeah. Could you um, imagine if Austin had done that for someone on the Raw reunion? <laughs> or maybe that's the 2K20 advert. Yeah. Uh, even better, yeah. Uh, so, then, yeah, Sasha comes out and she, she has this a few killer lines about how the only reason Becky's popular is because Nia Jax broke her face. Yeah. She's not going to fight right now because there's no money in it i thought sasha was so much better here than she was last week she felt more like the boss character mm. than she did last week which i, I didn't like at all um she i said the word bitch well that's how you know it's serious <sighs> me and uh laurie were saying on the nxt review last week that that's now the new hometown pop so yeah. mick foley would say right here in charlotte north carolina that would be the way to get like you know babyface pop now it's to say the word bitch because you're always guaranteed to get the <gasps> oh right here <laughs> In Bitchville, <laughs> bitch. How long is that going to last for? Like, how how many more years do you think we can get before people stop reacting to the word bitch in a promo? When they start saying C-bomb on <laughs> AEW. <laughs> uh, so then it cuts back to the Street Profits backstage. And they're, like, looking shocked. Like, bitch has never been said before on <gasps> TV. It was very funny. And then they go, I think it's time for us to cut to a commercial. We're not allowed to say that. I thought, you're Deadpool now, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. They're just the, they're, they're no longer the chorus. They are 
the third wall breaking, fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Comic book characters. They could be Deadpool, but actually funny. Mm. Throwing I shade. I don't. Th- those aren't the views of wrestling talk. <laughs> Saying Howard the Duck is funnier. Um, also, Street Profits. Uh, spoilers for last week's NXT episode. No longer NXT tag champs anymore. So, officially, technically, called up to the main roster. Mm. What do you think we could do? With are we just going to wait until Rudolph the Rando tag team get the belts <laughs> and uh, they can then go into a feud with Street Profits? Um, yeah, I still wouldn't want them to jump straight into a title feud. I'm much more of a fan of having acts get non-title wins first, build them up like that, and then they go into a title feud. Yeah, which is, I think it's fair enough. But yeah. there's, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see three Profits do something at the very least. Feud with the Revival, where they get over and get to showcase their yeah. moves. Wait, wait till after Clash of Champions, because they're busy with uh, New Day at the moment, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so... We also, in the midst of all that, got the Becky versus Sasha match made official for Cock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Clash of Champions, COC. Yeah. I just wanted to say it. It's good, mate. Then we got the best match of the night. Do you agree? Absolutely. A show where Ricochet versus Samoa Joe had a quarterfinal match. Baron Corbin took away match of the night. He certainly did. Maybe it, most of that was Alexander. Hey, you know what? But this was, and, and, and Cedric was working his little tush off mm. to really make this work. But credit to Corbs. Corbs did his part. Takes two to tango. I thought this was rad. We never, ever had a problem with Baron Corbin as a wrestler or, a, or the way he performs his character, his performance abilities. It was always how much he was pushed. He was all over Raw. And, no, just Raw, wasn't he? It wasn't SmackDown. For like... Nine months. He was just in every segment. He retired Kurt Angle. He was always in the main events. That's what we had a problem with. But as a solid mid-card heel act, for now, amazing. And he is now the guy I want to win King of the Ring. And now, like, yeah, he's getting genuine heat. Not go-away heat. Not, oh, God, not Baron Corbin again. It's, oh, you dastardly heel. He's the only person left in this competition that I want to see win King of the Ring. Because... I don't want to see a babyface with potential get it or a heel act with potential get it because they'll just be saddled with this terrible gimmick. Baron Corbin can make the gimmick work Mm. because he can make it be a really, really annoying addition to a show. And I'd much rather it be him than Ali or who else in the tournament? Ricochet, Samoa Joe. Yeah, or uh, Andrade. Mm. Yeah. well, I think Andrade would be... I, I know what you mean. No, but he's got too much potential to yeah. be... Like, to be you know, saddled with a Saddled cape. with a... Yeah, with a scepter. Anyway, this match was so good. The first half of it really was Cedric being worked over because he had that arm injury that should have been a leg injury. And he, then he started making his comeback. It was a really good way to get the crowd invested in Cedric because he had to overcome that obstacle. And then, like... Some of the near falls in this were outstanding. There's a great moment when they did a uh, handspring into a spine buster from Corbin, which looked absolutely wicked. Like he really grabbed him and just sort of like maneuvered him into the position he wanted to hit him in. It was really, really awesome. Um, I, I love the step through where, where Cedric went to do the step through the ropes. Corbin just caught him in the deep six. That was a great near mm. fall. Uh, and like even little things like there was an, a really innovative end of days reversal into a roll up from Cedric. I thought that was the finish because that's like quite a realistic way Cedric could win here in, in WWE's booking, but no kick out. Uh, but it was the end of days ultimately that beat him and 
the cr- the crowd genuinely booed Baron. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, but Baron like didn't do any heel tactics in this match. He won the match fair and square, but Cedric did have that injury going in. So Cedric looked great in defeat. Baron looked awesome. This was an absolute thumbs up, big tick. I, I can't fault it. Yep, I thought it was really really good. And yeah. then he got up onto the. Uh, did he get into the throne again? Yes, at the end. Yeah. Or, or was that at the start? I can't remember. It might have been at the start. Oh, no, it was, I've written here, Corbin poses on the throne. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got a video recap package of how they've made the Roman Reigns storyline more ridiculous. Yeah, it seemed to get dumber with each passing week. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's getting worse. And now Brian has made a statement to WWE.com saying it was all Rowan, so Roman should still apologize to me. Yes, he is. Uh, he's just guilty by association. You know how you're very interested to see what they do with Bailey on SmackDown tonight? Yeah. I'm not interested about Roman oh, God, anymore. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, really not. But ju- more, more from a sort of, oh my God, how are they going to screw this up this week perspective? <laughs> then it was announced that Steve Austin will moderate the Universal title contract signing next week. And me and Charlie is like, I think a lot of the WWE Universe and myself can say, oh, hell yeah. It was, so there were a few awful oh, segues so for lame, backstage yeah. interviewers. Then we got the Bailey promo where she talked about Sasha and Becky foreshadowing that heel turn later on. Bailey watches Rust Talk confirmed. She did the partridge shrug. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the Viking Raiders versus an enhancement team. But thankfully, WWE have finally switched up this formula that isn't working. Really, on paper, sending the Viking Raiders out there week after week, destroying jobbers, great way to get them over. But it hasn't been, and the crowd are silent. And it's been two months. So they've added a new way to, to make this work somehow. And the enhancement team got some hometown heat. They got to cut a promo beforehand. Yeah. They said they're from Pittsburgh. Which apparently is, you know, very, very upsetting to... Is that a win again? Baltimore. Ba- Baltimore. Which apparently Baltimore's did, did not like. The Baltimore... Baltimoreanians. Baltimoreans. Is that they call is them that's that? what they said as well. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Baltimoreanians were, were very upset about uh, mm. all of this. And uh, they even did some your local sports team uh, heat as well because they're better than a, than a baseball uh, or something. Uh, and it really worked because the crowd were very much against them. And they looked like the biggest jabronis ever because one <laughs> of them was like a little mini honky-tonk man. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, comparison. And the other one sort of had this like long hair and just like and was wearing the most ridiculous getup, a scrawny little fella. So I thoroughly enjoyed the Warriors killing these two guys, and they did kill them. Yeah, like there was the, there's the what do they call it the Viking experience trip for two or whatever. Yep. That the, the Groupon thing that they do <laughs> at the end. Yep. He threw him up so high. And he sold it brilliantly, arms flailing in the air as he came back down. Oh, what a terrific jobber. But my favourite one, I think it was Ivar, who just, pow- like, top of a powerbomb position, threw one of the guys into the other guy. I thought it looked great. Yeah. Um, but I, I would disagree about it working 100%. I just, it got the crowd a bit more into it, but... Not to the, still nowhere near the level it needs to be, dude. It was way more than it was last week. Oh yeah, so that's a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's baby steps. Sometimes you've got to take Definitely. little baby steps to get these teams over. I'm just really glad that WWE had the foresight to bring up the NXT Tag Team Champions with no plan whatsoever, which effectively meant NXT had to rush book uh, a lot of other angles and hot shot a few things. But I'm just, sure Bailey's heel turn will be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, then we got the Sasha Banks interview where she, like, not Renee Young, just tried to interview her. And Sasha screamed at her, go away. 
And not run a, like you said earlier, <laughs> into a wall. Ran into a wall. It was very good. If only they could have had her run so fast that there was a little, like, not Renee shaped hole <laughs> in the wall. Uh, then we got Samoa Joe versus Ricochet, our second quarterfinal match, our last raw quarterfinal match. And Joe got an in ring promo beforehand. He said, King Samoa Joe sounds just right. It really doesn't. It doesn't. And it wasn't like, why cut a promo if it's not going to say anything? I just. I thought this was a bit because su- super, everyone, super flurrous. Because everyone's cut a promo before their King of the Ring matches, so mm. they have to say something. Uh, Ricochet sold his knee a bit um, during this, and it was a good like it was a good match really with Ricochet's speed and Joe's power move, but also Joe's speed sometimes. Uh, really cool exploder suplex into the barricade. Corbin's watching from backstage. Joe got busted open at one indeed, point. Yeah, um, and then. There's the the finish comes, and I think this is what soured the rest of the match, really, uh, because you, you'd expect Ricochet versus Samoa Joe to be a lot, 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 lot better than this. They're on the top rope. Joe locks in the Kikina clutch. They both fall backwards with their arms over yeah, each so other. Yeah, Ricochet pushed them backwards, so they both took a big bump. Yeah, they landed with their arms both over each other, and. Uh, the referee counted both of them, mm. and it was a double pin, and then looked very confused at what he'd done and didn't really know what to do next. Yeah, he went to ringside, talked to the back. I kind of like this. Then he went to the back and said, I'll announce my decision later. I feel like, surely there's procedures in place. Just let them this go feels very ramshackle. Yeah. Just, well, restart the match. We yeah. were doing that ten a penny just a few weeks ago. Uh, then Ricochet and Samoa Joe brawled a little bit more, and then it just sort of all fizzled out. <laughs> it wasn't the best way to do what I think they were trying to do, which is obviously set up a triple threat for the the semi with with Baron Corbin. Um, It's been suggested that Baron Corbin should have just walked down, beat them both up, double DQ, and he's like, ha-ha, neither of them go through to the next round, and then someone goes, no, they will, triple threat. That's a much better idea. Yeah. But they didn't didn't do that. They they, They overthought it way too much. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, it was a bit confusing, and it yeah wasn't wasn't brilliant. No, uh, Braun was backstage uh, uh, with Seth, and they're talking about Austin. Um, Braun thinks that he's being set up by Seth and Austin because Austin is Seth's boy at the moment because they had that Skype call the other week where Austin was like, "God damn, kid, he's great," and uh, yeah, and he said if Austin tries something, he's going to get these hands. Maybe Bret Hart will come in because <laughs> him and him and Seth are thick as thieves. Yeah, good job, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like this episode, I, I really did enjoy this episode of Raw uh, because you've got that really good Cedric Barron match. There's the the big newsworthy angle at the end of the show, and you've got Firefly Funhouse as well. So yes, yeah. which we'll talk about now. I just thought, like, what a lovely varied range of things. Yeah. Um, it does mean, though, that we're not going to get a big angle on SmackDown, I would have thought, because we had the big SmackDown angle on Raw. Yeah. It's the A show <laughs> for now. Uh, but, yeah, we got a Firefly Funhouse next. Oh, mate, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Take it away. So we get to, we're, we're back in Firefly Funhouse, and Brace says to, to Bala, what the Fiend did to you was super, super rude. Yeah. It was great, and, like, the... the, the you know, the kids' uh, sound effects were all going like, yay, and boo, and things like that. He wants to apologize to Finn, then has a little chuckle uh, about it. And then the Vince puppet makes his return. We haven't seen since the Muscle Man dance, I don't know, the last time we saw him. And he's mad at Bray 
for challenging the winner of Seth and Braun for the next pay-per-view. And he's going to fire him. And Bray's like, oh, before you do that, look what I've made. And he brings out all the money that The Fiend has made. And Vince gets the little dollar signs in his eyes. He's like, okay, pal, you can, you can stay then. And that's it. And Bray's like, Seth and Braun don't make a good team. In another life, they took something away from me. Yeah, and it goes really slow. Yeah, really slow. But Bray <clears throat> has embraced teamwork. And he's got all of his friends around. He's got Abby the Witch, Huskers the Peat Boy, and Rambling Rabbit are there. And he's like, they've helped me cope with the pain. But The Fiend, he helps me inflict it. Mm. Oh, see you in hell. Oh, Which, of course, it. means Hell in a Cell, we presume, in October to fight yeah. for the Universal title. Yeah, which was like the, the arena had already announced that Bray, which I guess they had done early. I think they were probably meant to have done that today mm. or, you know, in a couple of days time. But Bray has effectively challenged or The Fiend has effectively challenged the winner of Seth and Braun for the Universal title at Hell in a Cell. I am into it, mate. Absolutely into it. I think it's terrific. I thought this segment was amazing. I thought it was the best thing on the show. And I was effing fuming that the commentators didn't even mention it after the show had finished. Well, R- Rene said something like, I just I just don't know what to make of these segments. i tell you what to make of it! <laughs> He's just challenged the Universal Champion to a match of the next pay-per-view! Let's talk about it, shall we? Let's make a big deal of it! As opposed to, oh, I don't know what to think about this show anymore. What's going on here? You know, what we need to talk about instead is King of the Ring. No, we don't! We need to talk about this. It's a much bigger angle. Yeah, so it was excellent. You missed out one of the best things as well, where Bray fed Vince the money. Oh, that was it. And and Vince was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, just the way he produced the dollars by saying, look at something I've made. And it's like, that's kind of like a kid's TV presenter. Look at this spaghetti sculpture I've created. And it plays into the stories that we've always heard where Vince has got very annoyed at wrestlers going into business for themselves and booking themselves into matches that they can't pay off. He got really angry when Heyman, Austin and Lesnar did that angle on the Steve Austin show on the network Mm. where they were never going to be able to pay off the match. And Vince was like, well, now we're booking a match we can't do. And that got them a bit of heat. And so they're sort of playing off that angle here. But Bray has got the backup of but look at all the merchandise I'm selling. Yeah. I'm making you a lot of money. And so Vince, in both kayfabe and the real world, is like, hey, pal, don't mind it. Nom, 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 nom. And, and also when he has that shot with all the other puppets, uh, Rambling Rabbit pops up with a little sign that says, help. Bray doesn't <laughs> miss a beat. He's still smiling, looking to the camera and talking, and he just pushes Rambling Rabbit back down. I miss great that. Touch. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so it's really, really oh, good. Oh, Beautiful. Okay, now I'm going to start getting worried, though, because... Oh, it comes with his anti-WWE agenda, his pro-AEW bias. I love Firefly Funhouse. This was an excellent installment of Firefly Funhouse. But I love it so much, and like anybody, you you know, I I worry. I worry that the studio's going to burn down all the time. If you don't text me when you get home after we do live reactions... I worry that you've had a car crash. These are all true stories. We're not allowed to have any plugs on. So when when we've got the iPad for our prompter, if if that needs charging, you can't charge it in the office or in the studio. You have to take that sunbitch home and charge it at your own house. Because Ollie gets worried when he really loves things. I think that's okay. (laughs) I think that's fine, mate. Yeah. Uh, So I love the theme so much so my mind is always going they're gonna screw it up it's good they, it won't last forever and 
I didn't like the Fiend's face being superimposed on Bray's at the end. The last shot is the camera's slowly zooming in on Bray's face, and he says that line about, like, these... The fiends taught me to let let me in. Let, helps me inflict the pain. Yeah, yeah, and just before he says let me in, his face has a bit of a hokey effect where he morphs into the fiend. And that's an effect they do a lot for Finn Balor's promos when, oh, look, Finn Balor's got a demon face now. And I've always thought it was very hokey. It's very on the nose for the subtlety that Firefly Funhouse usually brings. And it got me thinking that the the more recent everything since the first season the first run of firefly funhouse ended which was obviously all done in one run over a couple of days in a studio big studio set a lot of time and effort got into that and they made 12 episodes or something back to back and it looks great everything since then i'm pretty sure this is just me speculating has just been done oh we need a firefly funhouse thing let's set up a few backboards backstage here are a couple of the props and we'll light it. But it doesn't have the full, like, thing. Mm. And when you when you start doing things like that, just here and about, backstage in WWE, as opposed to Bray's gone off with his own creative team and created something, I'm concerned that, like, Vince might come on and go, you know what, I'll make that better? Put this here. Or Kevin Dunn's like, oh, maybe you thought about this. And then you start to get a lot of cooks putting in their ideas and it dilutes the idea and I'm just, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I saw that demon that the fiend face superimposed on his, and I just thought that that doesn't fit in with the style of what's come before, and it's a bit lame, and a bit Vince McMahon. Can I uh, throw at you a, it could have been worse? It could have been worse. They could have done it live on stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. Totally could have been worse. I'm not saying it's bad now. I'm just saying, this isn't, there's no way a suffering succotash moment. No, no, nowhere close. This is not the man apologizing. No, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm worried. I'm always worried about the suffering succotash. I, do you know what? Because I've had, since The Fiend has debuted, we've had a lot of messages on Patreon. I've had so many messages on Twitter and even people on our Discord channel who have said, I'm already sick of The Fiend. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm already sick of how people are praising it. I don't think it's that good. And I'm, I just know the WWE are going to ru- ruin it. So why bother getting excited? <laughs> mm. So, this is something in this company that genuinely does thrill me and excites me. So I'm actually willing to overlook that very good flaw that you pointed out, which was the, the, the face being superimposed. Because I did think, that's a bit rubbish. But I'm choosing to overlook it because I enjoyed everything else around it. And him winning the Universal title, because I think he will, at Hell in a Cell. In fact, actually, I would say that this company are morons if he doesn't and they deserve to go under and 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 all the bad things to happen to them that that might actually make the universal title interesting mm. which it hasn't been for approximately three <laughs> or four years yeah totally i yeah i'm not saying like i have also looked past it it was just a little Did nagging because <laughs> i loved i loved the segment it was just a little nagging thought in the back of my head yeah. that was like that's the start oh, or, yeah, yeah. or like that's someone else diluting Bray's vision. And you and I have been watching this company now for, you know, 20 odd years. We know that they can drop the ball with these sort mm. of things. And yeah, more likely it will go down south. But I'm going to enjoy the ride while it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you know, we'll just rush through the last few bits. Uh Corey Graves was speaking to referee John Combe backstage after Which was this. Way more important than talking about the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I did enjoy that like Corey going back and being the interviewer. I thought that 
yeah. like lent it some credibility or some more importance. Baron comes in and says, well, now they're both eliminated. I go right through to the final, right? But thankfully, we had the acting chops of oh. referee. I love him. <laughs> hey, they both got pinned. That means they both didn't lose. So next week, WWE management, Baron, has said it will be a triple threat match. I loved it because that wooden performance and then he walks off allows Baron Corbin to look off and go, triple threat match? (laughs) (laughs) And that was like, that was such a good delivery. And it was the, like, Baron made a triple threat match seem like the ultimate heel comeuppance humiliation. That was great, great stuff from Corbs. Yeah. And it just, you know, highlights this tournament's a joke. So it doesn't matter. Let's just have fun with the fact that it's a joke. It's a joke tournament with a joke prize at the end of it. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people go, oh, but what well, great way to undermine your tournament, just making it a triple threat in the semis. I was like, oh, I totally don't mind that. No, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a proper tournament. <coughs> you, win a, you win a fake crown at the end. Yeah. Only a moron would wear that sort of thing. Um, so Charlie Caruso brilliantly segues <laughs> from that and says, wow, a triple threat match. You never know what to expect on Raw. <laughs> My guest at this time. What wrestling? Holy hell! I just thought I totally, ex- I would, t- <laughs> I totally expected that to happen. I totally expect a wrestling match to happen yeah. on a show. As soon as there was the double pin, I was like, oh, it's a triple, triple threat, threat in the yeah. semis. <laughs> so unexpected. Anyway, Rey Mysterio comes in. He returned to Raw as advertised last week. Yep, uh, and he says um, Dominic convinced me to keep fighting. So I'm going to keep fighting. I, th- I thought that was going to be I more. Was, I was waiting for something yeah. more. I was waiting for him to say, I'm going to be in a tag team match with Dominic next week or something along those lines. But he just said, I'm just not going to retire. Yeah. Cool. I thought we already I th- we'd established did that. that. Yeah. yeah. We established that two weeks ago. Um, then we got Miz versus Cesaro. Miz just needed a win over someone ahead of his Nakamura match at Clash of Champions. I Cock. There was a missed opportunity to show some highlights from NXT UK. The TakeOver show that's been getting very, very good reviews, oh, particularly yeah. the Cesario Dragunov oh, match. Oh, totally, yeah. And they mentioned it on commentary. Cole was like, oh, did you see what Cesaro did on NXT UK on Saturday? Huh, WWE Network. Yeah, and I was like, show us, man. Like, don't tell us the things. Show us. Show us with action. Show us a highlights package and be like, and if you want to see all of that, go over to the WWE Network, subscribe. It's free for a month and watch that show. Maybe you'll be so, you'll like it so much, you'll watch even more of it. Totally. Well, they, but they haven't even made a video package <laughs> for, for NXT, NXT going to, to Wednesday US. night. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Cesaro, good as always, lost again. But that, and then we got the women's showcase thing and the heel turn for the, the last thing. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a, a really fun episode. And so, you know, big stuff happened. Stuff that really you could have saved for next week's Go Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can only hope that they will make an even better show next time. Righty ho. So we are going to continue with the Bailey super chats. There's obviously been quite a lot of those. So JYT seventy five said that uh, Becky said that Bailey's success, uh, Bailey's success must sting Sasha. Oh, foreshadowing. But she's turned heel. Sting was a baby face. <laughs> I think a lot of people have forgotten that aspect. Yeah. I think people have just thought, because we've been talking about Bailey Sting for so long, that as a heel turn for her. They've confused it with a, yeah. Yeah. 
Speaking of Bailey Sting, Andrew Gronek said, Divided by her need to be loved by her fans and a friendship with Sasha Banks, Bailey goes into seclusion and becomes Bailey Sting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that'll happen. No. No. Ron's for Jen said, Now we can have Bailey Sting and take a Sasha. Yep. Yep. Uh, I just, I, I mean, far be it from me. So, but I would have thought, if I was to come onto this channel, having, you know, it's been a running joke, and thought, I'm going to be the first person that said Bailey Sting. Because high likely you're not going to be. If they're super chats, I don't care. <laughs> Keep them coming. Uh, float like a butterfly, Samad Ali hey. said, The fact that the crowd cheered when Bailey turned heel showed how much <laughs> WWE screwed up her babyface booking. It's time for Bailey Sting. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know if you can see it, Samad Ali, but your card is right there. Prize, mm. prize place. Hell yeah, right next to Nikki. Uh, Sol Garcia says, Bailey Sting, keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> Uh, Mega Mister Forty Six said, uh, "There's going to be no more hugs for Bailey from me after the assault she gave Becky." Oh, someone bought into the heel side of it. Apparently so. Hey, you've been worked. Good. Yeah. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin says, uh, "Do you know what made Bailey's turn effective? We're talking about it more than the Firefly Funhouse." Well, we can make a more fun thumbnail. thumbnail. Yeah, and it was I... the last segment of the show. Yeah. And, you know, commentators didn't think that it was a big deal that, um, that Bray challenged the Universal Champion to a match. Marcus Roman says, so does that mean no more Bailey Buddies? Are Bailey Buddies the inflatable, wacky, waving tube men? Yeah, well, I hope not. Unless they draw really sad faces on them. Yeah, how can you turn those into And they're black things? and white to be emo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, may maybe they just, they go up, but then they deflate. And then she comes out and she buffs one down. <laughs> Elijah Whitfield said, uh, Bailey and Banks heel turn. This is going to be good. Woo. <laughs> I haven't thought about that for ages. We were, Woo. We were there live for oh. that when they first showed it. On the, on the episode of Raw, they taped it in London. And yeah, we were there for it. And the pair of us just burst out laughing. Because it was, this is going to be good. Woo. Because we're like, that's how you do it. <laughs> this is that's terribly, how you mate. announce Ronda versus Nia, Ronda's first go at the the, yeah. the women's championship. So dreadful. Uh, we got a couple of super chats about uh, NXT UK takeover. Uh, Al Akal, wow, Akal Raman. Sorry if I butchered that. Uh, saying your thoughts on the 42 minute Walter Tyler Bate match Still haven't seen uh, somehow didn't see you guys talk too much about Cardiff show hashtag love your time with the boys hashtag Simon section yes as we said on yesterday's show we uh, tried to watch it on Saturday but the stream well, the network wasn't syncing the video and the audio and I haven't had time to re-watch it and after AEW and Royal Quest on the Saturday I didn't want to spend my Sunday watching wrestling so I watched Venom instead, which was pretty pants. But I, well, I, I, I certainly will watch it. I want to watch yeah, at watch least it. three matches on there. Yeah, I want to see the triple threat tag match because apparently mm. that was really good. Uh, Cactua Cloud said Cesaro deserves a lot, uh, deserves a lot better after his Cardiff win. Yeah, yeah it's a know, shame. It's, it's a different it's, universe. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't count. Gonna keep, we just kept talking over each other there. <laughs> he's very good. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, we got a whole one about the OC. Uh, Gerald Jackson said, uh, when AJ said the only way to get a title shot is to look at the title and then told the rest <laughs> of the OC to not look at his title, yeah. it was gold. Yeah, he had another great line when he said, Rude and Ziggler won. They're not even a real team. Yeah, which which made it a bit funny that Rudolph then came out and helped them beat up yeah. uh, Braun later on. We got lots and lots about The Fiend. 
So, uh, Kevin said, only one super chat for me because I'm in audio only mode. Bray White is the best thing that exists in the world apart from Ollie's jacket. Show was four out of five. <sighs> the jacket. I had a lot of people, like, when we had our Swath Nation meetup, a lot of people asking about when you're getting the jacket back. And I was like, they're using it for, like, you know, toilet cleaning in the, uh, the cult, uh, cult Maybe storm up there. If, if anyone has any ideas about how I can win it back, do say. Jesse Venable said, The Fiend is incredible. Yes. Then he is. Sparks says, I feel like WWE is botching Wyatt. Fiend gets the match oh. at Hell in a Cell, but then what? Either he loses, which results, which the results of that are obvious, or he wins, and then what happens? Where do they go with the Fiend from there? I also don't know. And that is a concern. I, I you know, I this is it's both hugely exciting that he's going for the top title in the promotion, but also very worrying. Dude, I'm just going to say we criticize this company a lot for not going with momentum. And they have got the hottest thing in the company, yes. probably one yeah. of the hottest things in wrestling. And they have seen that and thought, let's capitalize on this momentum now while it's hot, rather than wait six months down the line when it's less hot and then try and do something. So, you know, I think they, they, they are capital they're striking while the iron is hot. And that's a good thing. Yeah. October, Helena Cell, a lot of thematic bits make sense there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so nervous. <laughs> Justin Anzel Dewar said, after the contract is signed, the Fiend attacks Stone Cold and Seth and Braun are too late to save Austin. I don't want to beat up legends, though. But they'll be right there. Oh, yeah. I don't know, maybe Austin will just be in the ring being like, pass me a beer, son. And that's when the Fiend Ooh, shows that, up. That could be, I mean, that could be cool. And that's a huge way to get Fiend over. And we'll see. Tristan Thorne said, "I love Bray so much, but do you think it's uh, it's too early for a title match? Shouldn't the Phil be shouldn't the Fiend be built up more first? Cheers from Nashville. I mean, the Fiend has been built up since WrestleMania, so so that's April, yeah. which is five months ago. It'll be six by the time we get there. Bray Wyatt himself has been around a long time, and, and it's not like this character completely negates all of that. In fact, it uses it as substance and context for his Fiend character. So." I, I, but I do understand what everyone's saying. Is it too soon? I think it's that just general anxiety about you're going to screw it up, WWE. And they don't have the best track record. No, and <coughs> there is an argument to be made that it is too soon because that will only be the Fiend's second match. I would have argued that a better use would be to beat Balor at SummerSlam, then beat the Demon. So he then breaks the Demon's winning streak to really further push him. Then you could possibly look to go into uh, a title match. Beat Taker. Uh, um, Survivor Series Cena at Rumble you know and then then yeah. it's like the year of the Fiend yeah Ebrahim Guna said, I hope the Fiend wins the Universal title at Hell in a Cell and keeps it until WrestleMania where he faces the winner of the Royal Rumble, the Demon Finn Balor, and have the real match in the main event of WrestleMania. Love you. I, I, you know what? I do, the th maybe another thing is, I don't think the Fiend needs the title. Mm -hmm. Especially now. Yeah, I think that's fair you enough. You know, he's like that sort of Undertaker character uh, where you are kind of putting stuff on him when you've got a lot more potential to get through first before you have to do something like that. Do you know what I'm actually worried about? It's um, people doing promos against him. Mm, like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think I can get invested in... Like, when it comes to uh, Bray versus Seth at Hell in a Cell, Seth is the thing I'm least interested in in that match. And... I don't think I want to watch four weeks of him try to make me invested. Yeah. He's going to become the Fiend Slayer. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Oh. Shut up, Pete. Pete. 
That's definitely going to happen now. Don't give them ideas. Oh, Pete. You're Ruin so, everything. You're so welcome. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Graver said, With The Fiend, do you think they're sending him to the top too early? Just don't want them to put themselves into a corner and not pull the trigger. Is what you've kind of been talking about yeah. already. The worst thing would be to put him into that position and then have him lose and have The Fiend Slayer win. That's all about The Fiend. There's a few about the women's division. Uh, Bryant Hoyt said, uh, So who is Alexa and Nikki going to face? I still want tag titles to mean something. Well, they are going to be defended at the show. They said that on commentary. Against who? I don't know. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Like, it matters. Like, it's going to be on the pre-show anyway, so like, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Yeah, the tag titles don't mean anything, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, JobberJJ496, Ollie Davis's number one fan, said, Ollie, I think you saw Natalia trying to be human and act instead of being a robot and wooden. Uh, I forgot Rudolph was a thing and OC need to be added in a tag match. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, it, it's going to take a while for me to remember that Dolph Ziggler and Bobby are a, are a unit. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles did say Robert Rude as well and yeah. then like joked, oh, I mean, Bobby. I think he is still Robert Rude, isn't he? Is he, st- is he still Robert Rude? Yeah, he was Robert Rude last week. Oh, God. Uh, GoSoup12 uh, says, Since Becky consistently gets turned on by her partner, I think we're, ge- we're getting Becky Sting. And Heel Bailey <laughs> now gets to be Joker Sting from TNA. Sorry. You said turned on by her partner. Yes. The wrong way. I, I, you know, like, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know why I heard it. I feel like it's your fault for putting the emphasis on the wrong words. Since Becky consistently gets turned on, by her partner. That's more like it. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, Don't get demonetized, Pete. And now we've got miscellaneous. Um, that one guy said, I've got no questions. So here's $10 and happy birthday, Chopper. One day we will be right. And it's going to be a lot of days until <laughs> yeah. we are right again. But thanks. Thank you so much. I-, I want the miscellaneous section. I don't know if anyone's noticed, gang, but Pete has been working very hard to group the Super Chats together by subject to give you a better listening experience. Uh, I think for the miscellaneous section, we should have sort of elevator music. <laughs> should, should we give it to you? Jeffrey Pridemore says, there was a distinct lack of Cracker Barrel on Raw. That's very true. Yeah, where's yeah. the gift shop? <laughs> uh, Ryan B. Bad has now changed his name to Ryan B. Baskin is Glory. He has indeed. Yes. King Chopper Whopper. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that debuted on the AEW live stream. Mm. Uh, he said, happy Groundhog uh, Day, Chopper. Do you feel like Bill Murray yet? No, but that would be super cool if I did. Uh, happy Groundhog Day, Chopper. Thanks. Do you feel like Bill Murray yet? See what he did there. See what he did there, folks. The Adnap 2 says... <laughs> we don't rehearse any of this. It was a pleasure meeting you guys. I was Chris Smith, a.k.a. the Jericho Cruise guy. Oh, yeah. P.S. <gasps> Happy Wacky Day, Chopper. Yes. He was the guy that also got us the uh, the Raven intro where yeah. he says my name. Did I tell you the story about that he told me uh, getting it? Because apparently Raven was a bit, you know, he sort of had to butter him up. In order bit to get raveny. Him, yeah. A bit raveny to get him to do it. And he said, yeah, I mean, I had to tell him that I really enjoyed his stand-up the night prior. <laughs> And I said, I'm going to guess that it wasn't good stand-up. He was like, it's about as good as this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's quite bad then. He told me that he tried to get me a video from Brandy. <laughs> really? And I was like, you know what? I'm glad you didn't because that just makes me feel all, like weird and embarrassed. Uh, Jack Benner says, uh, I know it won't happen, but I'd love to see Undisputed Era versus Imperium in War Games. Would you like to see this? Yes, that's what we've been yeah. talking about uh, previously as to what we could do for War oh. Games this year. Uh, hashtag Mr. Fretz says, Big Chopper Pump. Holler <laughs> if you hear me. 
That's good. That's, That's a really good one. That's the next gimmick we can get you. The sort You're of get the, the chainmail. Chain chainmail. Oh, chainmail. Get you to do maths. Perfect. What was his manager called? Charmaine. Chanel. Char. Give like what one week. It'll cut like first. It will be the chainmail. Then we'll cut to you joined on, you know, by King Chopper Whopper, and you'll be there. And she'll also be there. She'll say nothing for the entire show. Then Petey Williams the next week also dressed us. <laughs> anyway, hashtag Mr. Fretz comes in again to say Happy Life Day, Chew Chopper. I think it's supposed to be like Chewbacca. Chewbacca yeah, because Life Day is a Star Chewchopper. Wars thing. Yeah. Um. Aaron, who you remember is the cursed fan who, yes. when he watches it's bad, when he doesn't watch it's good. Did he skip he this He says, week? didn't watch it last night. No. <laughs> if it was better, you're welcome. Oh, man. That's freaky. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, it's actually it's cursed. something now. Oh, my God. Don't watch wrestling now. <laughs> but still watch us. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, JobberJJ496, Ollie Davis, number one fan, says, King Jobber Whopper, all in capitals, thank you. Uh, I'm having a lovely time with the Brave Boys. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised WWE hasn't made a catchphrase. Sethy two belts, hashtag heel chair. Oh, yeah, he's got two belts. Who's that? Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. I can't... Have we forgotten that? I did. Oh, Big right. Brave Boys, though. Big Brave Boys. Let's get that trending. So I was just trying to find who uh, Scott Steiner's manager mm. was. I can't find her name. It's probably been said in the chats a lot. But it's not possibly. His, but not been sent on his Wikipedia page. Owen Swain says, "Ollie, can you shout out my mate Nathan Lama? Su quotation marks Collier. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, like I, well, I guess Happy Life Day to Nathan quotation marks Lama semicolon forward slash dot dot nine. Perfect. Fergal McClement says, just a super chat to reinforce <gasps> what most people know. Yes, Fergal. Yeah, well, yeah, Fergal McClements was uh, a, a movie podcast fan from back in the day, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Nice mm. to see you, bud. Just a super chat to reinforce what most people know. Luke and Ollie are great people. They helped me when I went blind a few years back. Always grateful. There we go. I mean, well, we did nothing. <laughs> That's very, but yeah, it's yeah. a very, very good chap. Venom Kitetsu said, all these heel turns. I bet if Chopper hears more birthday wishes, he's next. <laughs> Not going to rule it out. Is that a storyline, Chopper? <laughs> no. Chopper was sitting in the office the other day and said, we haven't had a storyline for a while. What do you mean storylines? They're just things that happen in the oh, office. Oh, yeah, things like, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, hashtag Mr. Fretz is back again to say, my nickname is also Chopper. Uh, I left a mailbag full of puns, and I'm now a new pledge hammer. Happy Canada Day, <laughs> Chopper. Good time splashing with the boys. Ooh, <laughs> wow. I like how, like, I thought we'd run out of occasions to wish. But, yeah, Canadian Day, Life Day, these are new good occasions to add to the repertoire. I mean, there's an international something day pretty much every day of the year. So I when don't think we'll run out. One? Oh, God. Uh, in the meantime, Kay Amal says, first we had Bailey Sting, then we had Kyrie Kane. Now I would like <laughs> to pitch my idea. Sasha Shango. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. That might be the worst of the lot, though. Yeah. And it's pretty bad. Um, Thursday, the 19th of September. Oh, that's soon. International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So that's when we were doing NXT reviews NXT. Well. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe <laughs> Chopper will have to do that entire one with an eye patch. <laughs> No. Uh, Ryan, 
Ryan Agella says, day two of a lovely time with the boys. Yeah. Lovely time with the boys. Great boys. boys. Ryan Agella again said, happy Halloween, King Chopper Whopper. <laughs> Thank you. And Ryan Agella again says, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have any idea what's going on with Raw or SmackDown right now. To be fair, neither do we. No, it's okay. Uh, Mega Mr. 46 said, hopefully we'll get to see Ollie in his pimping jacket again. Plus, he's going to need uh, the Godfather hat and Kurt Hawkins' cane to be like Kramer. Kramer? From Frasier? Uh, Kramer? Huh? Who's, who's Kramer in Frasier? No, Frasier, sorry, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, I d- I've not seen that episode. If he I was too busy thinking worse. about Frasier. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the better sitcom. Uh, Controversial. Cool, yeah. Well, you know, to, to suggest ways I can win it back. I... I it's been over a year now. I've not missed it. Ryan Aguilar once again said, Shout out to my friend Peacock. Without him, I wouldn't be supporting WrestleTalk and I wouldn't be a Pledgehammer either. Ah, well, Peacock. Thank you very Peacock. much. Peacock. Shout out to you, Peacock. Alex Allen said, Love you guys. Have you seen TJP's new Lucha gear? No, I haven't. I've not, no. Uh, Justin <laughs> Anzaldua. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Anzaldua clarifies the uh, local sports team references uh, that the, the job has made. I, I, but we don't need to have clarification. I, I know. said in the review, they did, I know. A, they did a baseball. But, but the chat very much wants you guys to know what the deal is. It says Baltimore's NFL team's main rival is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, so, um, well, you, know. you know. Baseball is important. Right, yeah, okay. Very. So that, I think that's that. Was it an impact? TJP so. uh, Lucha Gear? Kind of looks like Sin Cara. It does a bit, yeah. It's just like it's a gold tights, gold uh, ear mask thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob Ward says, uh, had a great week in London for the first time and having a lengthy chat and cheeky pick with you, Mr. Ollie Davis. Back in the north now, though, where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Lovely to meet you all. Finn K said, Patreon from Denmark here. Since I'm training to be a wrestler, have you talked about covering independent shows from outside the UK? Would be great. Let's talk showcase. Yeah, well, yeah, but just because we're UK based uh, and this is the first series and we you know, just want to keep it as easy as possible because it's quite a big task we've taken on. We've just kept it for the UK for now. But mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully we'll be able to go worldwide. <laughs> So now we've got the super chats that came through while I was reading those other super chats, right. so I couldn't categorize them, unfortunately. But Dina Cisse says, so Bailey's thing confirmed. Um, yes. Colby Dennis says, I want to see Bailey destroy her Bailey buddies tonight on SmackDown. The Bailey buddies, again, being the, the, yeah. the tube Hitting men. Hitting them with chairs. Mm-hmm. The heel chair. <laughs> um, Jobber JJ uh, says, jacked idea, just invade because he have more subs. Jacket idea, invade cultaholic. Jacket idea, yes. invade cultaholic because we have more subs than them, I guess yeah. is the Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that thing. would work. If it, it needs to be sort of a challenge, I guess. Mm. Way I can challenge, but, but it can't really be based on predictions because that's how I lost it the first time. James McCall said, will AEW bring back the TV title? Could do. Uh, yeah, I think a mid-card title w- would be a very good shout for them because they've got such a great mid-card. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Jeremy Bell said, NFL season starts soon. Hope you're ready for Raw's annual. Ratings will be down regardless. Why even bother, period? Well, hopefully they're up against competition now with AEW. Maybe this time they'll actually give an S word. They might do. Uh, Sean Turner said, sacrifice King Chopper's crowned for a go of the jacket. Uh, (laughs) Bailey loses the title to Flair because she isn't a good heel. 
uh, and then comes back as Bailey Sting. Um, I mean, the problem with the, the idea there is that not even Chopper wants that crown, so I can't see why Pachiti would then want it. Yeah. I'm totally up for sacrificing this man. <laughs> but we need that for King of Games, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Scott McClellan said, uh, the only thing worse than Seth is Universal Champion is Ollie loving High School Musical. I don't really love High School you Musical. You that with me. Yeah. I, I love High School Musical. I've never I seen it. I, I, I might do. The, uh, the second one is absolutely brilliant. Second one, where they have to go and get jobs. Oh, it's wicked. Fantastic soundtrack as well. Jay, do you remember Jason Nevins? No. He did the Run DMC remix of um, It's Like That, sort oh, yeah. of like in the late 90s. He did a dance remix of the soundtrack, which is wall-to-wall bangers. It is, oh, it's, a, it's brilliant. Saw the third one in the cinema. It was Still talking. Still great. So great. Wilson Simons says, uh, sorry this is late. Austin asks for a beer. He starts to drink it, but it tastes bad. He looks at the can and it says, let me in. Uh, that's way too <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Instead, that just makes it look like he's drunk the theme. (laughs) (laughs) Unless then, unless the lights go down and they come back up and the fiend is there with bits of Austin exploded all over the (laughs) ring. Uh, Gerald Jackson said, did you happen to see Xavier Woods as Billy Kane? I did. So, because he was at Dragon Con. And him and his friends uh, cosplayed as the Iconics. And it was just, it was just Xavier Woods walking around doing the, you've got to be joking me. It was so, so funny. Yeah, yeah I've got a picture of them. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's so, there's just like, it's about a two minute video of him just going around in various different places in Dragon Con shouting, you've got, you've got to be joking me. It's so good. Uh, Robert Banker says, uh, Fiend Slayer is a thing because King Chopper proclaims it. King Chopper has proclaimed. <laughs> uh, Jefferson says, Happy Arbor Day, Chopper. Thanks. Arbor Day. Mm. Uh, Justin Anzaldua says, Chopper Shango. No thanks. <laughs> uh, Mr. Biggie 87 said, Chopper, I heard it's your birthday today. Lol. Still not, but thanks. Cater uh, Maldonado said, Happy Leaf Erickson Day, Chopper. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. It's Leaf Erickson. <laughs> no idea. Uh, Mr. Biggie 87 said, Should the European title come back to WWE? The last thing this company needs is more titles. The 24-7 title couldn't even get featured on this show. <laughs> he, Leaf Erickson was a Norse explorer. But we had to stop me talking about High School Musical, but this we have to research. It's next Wednesday. And finally... Next Wednesday, that's the 9th of October. Oh, it's well, it's much further on. <laughs> and finally, thank you to Aklako Roman, Denzel Vance, and Kodiak1984 for super chatting, but with no message. Thank you all. Thank you all. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are, I guess. Now, go and get your tickets to see this nonsense live. <laughs> In Nottingham. What an advert for the show this was. Yeah. Yeah. See this, enjoy this nonsense in the flesh. The scrambling nonsense yeah. of the show. The sorbet in the sorbet sandwich of delicious bread. The actual bit you don't want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, at f- at 4.30 in Nottingham on Saturday, October the 5th. All the details are in the link in the video description below. Click there and it'll all be there. And you get to hopefully see some great wrestling well, it will be great wrestling, but hopefully you'll also stay and watch those at Frontline and WrestleGate, which surround our show. You know how we had a very British-centric uh, intro 
actually oh, yeah. in that podcast. We're talking about things that really only British people could possibly care about. I'm going to continue that discussion. Oh, hey. Because guess what started last night? Um. Ooh. Monday. <laughs> Monday. What happened on Monday? Um. Uh, I, I'll tell you, it was uh, Celebrity MasterChef. Okay, uh, yeah, you see, I don't care about this. Celebrity that's Bloody a Master format Chef's that back. has travelled everywhere. It certainly has, but Celebrity Bloody MasterChef is back on the UK telebox. And so me and my wife watched it last night. I recognised two of the people on the first episode mm -hmm. out of five, which I think is pretty good going. One of them was Neil Ruddock, Razor Ruddock. Yes, the former footballer. Exactly, yeah. Big mountain of a man. And lovely laugh. And this is where the show fell down for me, Joey Essex. Hey, he's a he's a nice guy. I take massive issue with Joey Essex. Why is that? Here's why I take issue. Should, should we? Should we? Look, I'm 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 concerned that you might be isolating over half of our audience. Tell us who Joey Essex is first. Give us some context. So there was, or there still is, rather, a TV show uh, in the UK called The Only Way is Essex, which I believe is a show that has travelled. It is, I mean, it's more scripted than wrestling, but it is a reality show. It's a structured reality I'm, I'm show. Doing, but even then, I would, I'd think there are probably more script revisions um, oh, yeah. than, than Vince McMahon would have for an episode of hmm. SmackDown. Um, so I'm doing big air quotes when I say reality show. And he was uh, one of the stars of that show and has since then become, as they say on Celebrity Masterchef, a TV personality. He just gets brought out for shows. And why does he get brought out for shows, Ollie? Because uh, I feel... Uh, no, no, I think I'm quite okay with saying this. He's profoundly stupid. But here's where I take issue. He's clearly not. He is. No, he... No, I'm, okay. No, no, I've had friends who've worked with him. And I'm telling you, it is all an act. Uh. And here is where <laughs> I'm going to tell you it is all an act. Okay. And why it fails once you take him into a, a, a structured reality show like Celebrity MasterChef. Because he's got to be there and do the Joey Essex act, which is, what do you, when Greg, you know, Greg Wallace was always, all right there, Joey, what do you cook when you're at home? Are you telling me? Are you telling me you cook at home, right? And Joey then has to say, oh, I, I, I could beans on toast, I could do eggs on toast, that's what I'd do, don't I? I'm a bit silly, me, I don't really know what I'm doing. And then he... Zach Saber Jr. And then he presents homemade sausages with buttery seasoned mash... And his own gravy. So he's like, well, clearly you can cook then, but you have to play up the fact that you can't cook because that's the gimmick you've got. He then goes into a professional kitchen and masters keema curries and making naan breads inside a tandoor oven and then makes more food afterwards. And you're like, well, clearly you're not a moron then, are you? You're playing up that you're a doofus, and he swore then. You're playing up that you're this doofus because that's the brand that you have. But clearly it's a big load of bollocks. And you're not a doofus, but you have to still pretend that you're this. And to make things worse, you then have to have everyone else, who clearly know it's an ad, go like, oh, Joey's at it again, look what, look what he's doing this time. Oh, what, a little, what a little doofus that man is. And it makes for terrible television. This has really got to you, hasn't it? It really winds me up. Because if it was, I said this to, I said this to my wife last night, if it was Coogan as Partridge... That's a completely different matter because we know that's Coogan as Partridge and everyone there will be laughing because they'll be laughing, ha, 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 it's Coogan playing Partridge. That's very funny. Partridge is very funny. But this is all just one big, very tired act that he's been doing for feels like 20 years at this point. And it's, it hasn't aged a day. 
It hasn't aged. That's a good thing. Isn't Sorry, it? it's aged terrible. <laughs> I was uh, all wrapped up in my or, rent. Or he's, you know, he's 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 very very stupid, but he's very good at cooking. You know, like he's he's. But just in which a, case, but, then you then have to say, I actually can cook. People oh, might people might not expect it, but I can cook. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe maybe I didn't, he's been he didn't taking know cooking that lessons. He couldn't make homemade Master sausages Chef. and had the perfect combination of pork and thyme in there. Like he handpicked thyme, which is perfect with pork. The concept or the herb? The herb. Okay. But in fact, you know, he made that joke as well because he thought he'd put leeks in there. And was like, oh, I thought I'd put leeks in there. It's not Randy Andy Datsun, but may as well be. I thought I'd put leeks in there. And then Greg Wallace going, are you telling me you thought they were leeks? That's time, mate. So like, time? What do you mean time? I haven't got a watch on. I'll put in the green stuff in there. And that, and that it's, it's awful television. It's terrible. He is the worst thing this country has produced in quite some time. I'm sweating. My favourite thing about Joey Essex is that he buys trainers two sizes too small because he likes the appearance of dainty feet. That's when I knew he was an idiot. And I bet you he has got a closet full of shoes that are actually perfectly suited to him. And it's all just this big gimmick that Heat can write up about, which you'd actually know quite well because you were in that well, realm. Well, when, when Joe Essex was coming to popularity, I was not in the thick of it, but I was working in that area. I, had, I knew plenty of people who worked with him. And uh, we did a couple of shows with him. I wasn't there on those days. But they all said... No, he's he's definitely he's definitely very very stupid. It was, it's not an act. I don't buy it because I, I thought it was an act before. Then. I don't buy it. Not yeah. in the least. Do not buy it at all. He is more fraudulent than Baron Corbin. Have you got any listener emails? <laughs> yeah, I have actually. Yeah, this comes in from Matt who says, "Hello, Rust Talk. My Rusev Hay is a bit dated, but when I was a kid, I quite enjoyed going to bar- uh, baseball games in my hometown of Daytona Beach, Florida. During one of the games, I went to the concession stand to buy a drink, and as I was turning to walk away, bumped into a very large man with pale grey hair. Ooh. I looked up and I saw Kevin Nash towering above me. Oh wow! I stumbled across my the Great Wizard Nash." Yeah, not the Grand Wizard. We Nash. can't say we, yeah, that. We, we've made yeah. an error on that one. Uh, I stumbled across my words, but managed to apologise for bumping into him. He was very friendly, told me it was okay, patted me on the back, and walked away. It wasn't until I Tora got to- quad. <laughs> it wasn't until I got to my seat that I realised he was sitting right in front of me. Oh wow! I was too shy to ask for a pic at the time. I was maybe eleven, but couldn't focus on anything else for the rest of the night. It wasn't until later that I learned that he lived in my hometown. After the day. Uh, after the day at the baseball game, I would see him around pretty regularly, running into him multiple times a month. He used to come into a gas station owned by my friend's family multiple... I'm going to say it be multiple times. And by all accounts, he's very friendly and takes pictures with anyone who asks. I've seen him in the supermarket, at the movies, even on the <laughs> beach. Sadly, I lost all the pictures I took with him. Most of them were at the gas station. And this was probably 10 years ago or so. Uh, so I guess none of this really happened. I haven't seen him for a few years and assumed he's moved elsewhere at this point. Either that or he's torn quads and can't leave the house. Keep up the great work. Sorry for the long email. You guys are great. Best regards, Matt Edmonds. I wouldn't want to be stuck behind Kevin Nash. In a spectator event. Mm-hmm. He's a tall guy. Tall lad. That Good was, that was his gimmick. Yeah. yeah, He's got five moves, including the hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> My lady partner re-watched Magic Mike over the weekend. Which he's in. To make me feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. And I said, what did you think of this character? And I got a picture up and, you know, showed her. She was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't do anything. Because I haven't seen Magic Mike. I just thought he had a larger role in that. I don't, but I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I, I've not seen either of the films. 
Um, well, which I thought was funny as well, because when the first one came out, it was, you know, pitched as this, hey, it's the male stripper movie. Come on down, ladies. And then, oh, actually, no, it's this really deep dive into the emotional heartbreak that goes into this role. And it's actually a big, serious drama. And then when they made the sequel, they were like, nah, let's just ignore that and make the male stripper movie. And now it's a stage show. <laughs> it's, it's an excuse for a lot of mums. To get a lot of to get a lot of hot. Well, I uh, was telling the story to some friends recently. When I was back in my freelancing days as a film reviewer, they didn't do press screenings for Fifty Shades of Grey, and so I had to go and watch the very first screening on a Friday on my own, so I could then write up the review for the website that we were working for, and that meant going to the cinema on my own Friday morning at nine a.m. to watch Ooh. Fifty Shades of Grey. And my uh, my wife, girlfriend at the time, was just like, I mean, you're going to look like part of the Anorak Brigade. She's like, maybe you should take like a notepad so it looks like, you know, they, people know you're there to review the film. And I was like, no, it just looks like I'm taking notes then. Yeah, that's like, a, that's more of an Anorak thing to do. That's what I figured. And actually, I was the only lad in there and the rest of the audience were mums. Mm. And I thought, aha, uh-huh, this book really has found its target market. Yeah, they, uh, the mums, the mums dug it. My mum read it on holiday. Yeah. And I asked her how it was. And she said, I can't talk now, I'm busy. She said, it's not very good. And I said, well, why are you still reading it? And she said, oh. And that, that, uh, that meant, because I'm so turned on by it, son, I can't put it down. Which is, uh, you know, upsetting. Yeah. Uh, this comes in from Dylan, who says, Hey, lads, quick Rusev, hey, here. I attended OTT's first show in Cork this past weekend and was lucky enough to meet the bastard himself pack before the show. Bastard. This was a big... You right? Bastard. This was a big moment for me, as his match with Sami Zayn and NXT TakeOver Our Evolution was the match that made me fall in love with wrestling after a period wow. of time of not watching it. He said it meant a lot to him to hear that and thank me for being a fan. He went on to have an epic main event with Speedball Mike Bailey. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen live, including wow. a spot where Mike Bailey moonsaulted from the top of the stands onto Pack. Oh my god. I've Mike a, Bailey's incredible. I've attached a picture below. Hope you uh, see you guys at an OTT show someday. And there oh, is our buddy. There's our buddy Dylan ah. from Cork with the Bastard Pack. That's a good photo. It is a good photo. Yeah. With your little Mox t shirt. Mark. <laughs> oh, cool. That sounds really good. Yeah, Speed Speedball Mike Bailey is so much fun to watch. Yeah. And I mean, we watched uh, him versus Pack for Rev Pro on their on demand service. Mm. It's that down in. Southampton or somewhere. Yeah. And it was it was a really good match, but I don't think it was as good as it could have been. So it sounds like you got the better version of that match. I agree. Um, well, we have got um, another Rusev Hay here from Blake Ham, but unfortunately we're out of time, so we just need to do the iTunes Got to do the iTunes Got to do the iTunes Blake. reviews Sorry and then get that. out of there. Sorry, Blake. Maybe next time. From Stupid Good, this podcast cured my chlamydia. <laughs> Are you a fan of British accents? Do you enjoy spot-on impersonations? How do you feel about six dudes and a lady chatting and up about wrestling, video games, movies, and weird Judy Hopps fantasies? If you nodded to any of these, look no further. You are home. Content ranges from broadly fine to excellent, depending on alcohol consumed. There's no better way to pretend you're working hard at your desk and getting paid to listening. To listen wrestling's hardest working Dungeons and Dragons nerds, subscribe today and get consistent with the SWAF Nation. Here it comes, folks. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. Sun emoji. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. 
Cloud emoji. Are you broken? Red balloon emoji. Cloud emoji. Cloud emoji. Underscore. Tree emoji. Round tree emoji. Round tree emoji. I'm going to say that's four underscores, but they've all merged together into one. <laughs> Running person emoji. Now that's an underscore that's shorter than the other underscores. So now I'm thinking some of the other underscores are actually underrepresented in my count. So smaller underscore, round tree emoji, based on the new underscore width, I'm going to say five underscores. Other tree emoji, two underscores. What a fantastic little review. Thank you very much uh, for taking the time out of your day to do that. Uh, right, I suppose we should um, probably go and do a show. Well, well, I mean, you've already listened to the show, yeah. but we're actually now going to go record the show that you've just listened to. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. What is going to happen with Bailey now? Yeah, now, now she's a heel, and she's Charlotte's a, a heel, yep. and Sasha's a heel. Oh, yeah, but we'll, we'll, you know, we can talk about and more Lace of And Lace is a heel. Yep, but we'll, you know, we'll get to that. I'm pretty sure Natalia's <laughs> going to be a heel again soon. What's weird is we're going to have this exact same conversation mm. momentarily, but we haven't. Anyway, but we'll be back for the SmackDown review. And, of course, remember, get your bloody tickets to come see Wrestle Ramble live uh, in Nottingham on... What's the date? October 5th. October Saturday. 5th. Saturday, Saturday, October 5th. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.